following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush-rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi everyone and welcome again to my radio show today. And we have a guest called Dr. Claudio Cerullo. And he teaches anti-bullying. Hi, Dr. Claudio. Welcome to my show. Good morning. How are you, Gabriella? Thanks for having me. I am good. And I'm so good. glad that you are one of the people that is picking up the ball of human kindness. Because you have started a organization with a group of concerned educators and parents, I think, are all included in your organization to teach anti-bullying. Tell me how you got into that. So here's what happened. So after about 20 years of being in education from, from a preschool directorship all the way to a professor in college, uh, I was a school principal at, at all levels from kindergarten to, uh, to eighth grade, high school, um, and middle school. About two years ago, I was approached um, after doing a workshop on uh, bullying and children with disabilities. One of the parents who had a, a child, had two children, uh, two boys, and one child was on the autism spectrum. And she came up to me and, you know, very emotional and, and said, you know, my, my son uh, was a victim of, of bullying since kindergarten. And I said, you know, I'm very sorry to hear that. You know, children are victimized, especially on the autism spectrum, nearly 63% to regular ed children is what I was discussing. And she says, you know, you, you've done so much, as you indicated. You, you ever think about, you know, starting your own organization? You know, we have a lot of parents locally that would love to be part of this mission. And I had never really given thought to an organizational infrastructure on on anti-bullying and school violence um, preparedness. So I basically was always a presenter uh, myself solely. And so this group of concerned parents, this mother who basically is a member of Autism Speaks and, and it was the, is the president of her PTA. Um, she says, well, you know, I, I know a lot of people that would like to support this initiative. And I, I said, okay, that sounds great. We sat down. Uh, she had a financial backer uh, that sat with us. And next thing you know, in November of 2011, uh, Teach Anti-Bullying Incorporated kind of enveloped into the organization that it is today, uh, almost two years later. And so uh, we've traveled across the, across the United States. We, in fact, just before speaking to you, we just left a parochial high school uh, in our in our local county, and we spoke to over 50 high school teachers at a local parochial high school on anti-bullying. And the principal welcomed us back after we had uh, delivered our presentation to 900 plus students uh, in this 912 high school, a parochial high school. 
So, you know, it blossomed, and we've done so many wonderful things. We are growing. We are growing in terms of our, our awareness. We're growing in terms of our financial contributions back to many local communities and families and children uh, around the country. Certainly that's part of one. When I developed this mission, one of the things I had said to this mother, among other stakeholders, was that there had to be a piece in there that we would be able to give back, whether it was in scholarship money, whether it was in resources for the schools, advocacy for parents, uh, for legislators to advocate for new policies in the United States, uh, and also to give resources back to schools and community affiliates so that they would be properly educated on what bullying is and certainly what bullying is is not. Uh, so we've gotten a lot of immediate attention. Uh, you know, I've written several books on topics, and, and most recently uh, on the Ellen Show, one of my books was it was displayed and, and previewed. So I'm pretty happy about the growth that that we've come within almost two years. But we have a lot of work to do because we we get emails and phone calls every day from concerned parents emotionally uh, crying for some support uh, because the people are not listening to them and their, their children are being uh, victimized uh, in their schools and community settings. So that's where we are. We're very happy about what we're doing. We think we're making a difference, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. What? What? I'm. I'm going to bring up a topic which is the Boston explosion sure. during mm-hmm. the marathon. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because, first of all, it's definitely in the news. But one of the things that, um, with all my travels, I was reading up on all the newspapers and the articles on this subject, and it's violence too. But one of the things I noticed is that when it's an event like that, every single citizen really becomes an active witness. It's one of my slogans that I use. Nobody became a bystander. Everyone kind of jumped in and helped. And um, strangers had no problem in helping a person that they have never met before and giving them support or a hug or some form of kindness and compassion. But when it comes to bullying, and this is what I hear a lot, especially people of my generation, and they say, you know, we've been there... Uh, happened to us and we grew up and so let's just toughen it out what what is your stand on that i i think that well see first of all and you raise a good point the, the problem is that there, that's one of the three players in the anti-bullying stage if you will you have the perpetrator you have the victim and you have the bystander and, and i think the, the the one of the critical pieces that's uh, affording a lot of the bullying to go on, especially in the physical side of it, not not the social side as much, but on the physical side of bullying is that these bystanders are not um, standing up for children and rather just basically watching. And the first thing that many of them are doing are taking their cell phones out in the hopes that they're recording a video that will be ultimately uploaded to YouTube may become a viral sensation and they will become infamous overnight on the negative side. So uh, unfortunately, in that area of school violence, and it is school violence nonetheless, we're mm-hmm. not as engaged as perhaps what happened uh, in, in Boston on Monday and or what happened in Sandy Hook on the 14th of December last year. Now, certainly, 
it, you know, if people had seen someone come into a school and, and they were carrying a weapon, certainly many, you know, folks would have stand, stood up. But they're, they're more apt to stand up from the, what they see as the, as the acts of potential violence or in the case of what happened in Boston, the potential act of terrorism, you know, because of the cost of human life and physical injuries. Now, the, the converse, uh, Gabriella, which I want to make clear, is that um, in the United States, we have a, a, a growing epidemic among our children with respect to teenagers, and, and that realm is from 13 to 19. Right now, suicide among our teens, predominantly due to bullying, especially social bullying on the cyber end, is the third leading cause of death. And I, I'm not sure how people look at that and say, well, what's the toll and what is that doing to human society in terms of peace? And what, what are we doing to really, you know, help prevent that form of violence? Um, the other piece that you should be aware of, uh, that since 1966 in the United States, we have had 366 school shootings. The first one occurred at the University of Texas in 66. The, fir the first public school shooting was in 74 and only New York. And since 2005, when bullying became a predominantly prominent tagline, we have had 110 school shootings directly related to bullying. So you have to say to yourself, well, well what are we doing as a society you know, to help reduce the number of incidences. And I, and I have to share with you that over the past 13 years, bullying has been on the uprise. It has not declined in the least, according to three uh, credible sources, the Department of Justice, the Center for Disease Control, and the National Crime Prevention Council. Um, we, we have a dropout rate in the United States of 7,500 students every eight seconds. And almost 2,280, so that's about 27%, is directly correlated to bullying. Children just feel safer on the streets today than they do in their schools. In their schools. And sometimes in the home, too, right? Well, I mean, Because certainly. they don't feel the support back home. And the bullying, like you just said, continues in the home through social media. It sure does. And I, and I have to say this, you know, what's interesting from all aspects, I, I told this faculty today that bullying, you know, starts in preschool and, and, it, and it runs to ages, including my mother's age at 87. You know, in fact, next week we're going to a, uh, you know, a senior development center where basically they're calling us in because the, the seniors are being bullied by the staff. They're being victimized by staff members there, you know. And in addition, look look what happened at Rutgers University. That that whole incident with with the basketball coach is a direct bullying. You had duration, you had frequency, you had insulting these students in a homophobic way. I mean, how is that not bullying? Although I, I understand they didn't want to tag it as such, but even at the adult level, that coach exemplified the characteristics of harassment. And, mm -hmm. and, and victimizing his players. It is no different. It's just tagged differently in the adult community. So for you, what is the definition of bullying and what is not bullying? So, so, so let's talk about the definition. The, the clear definition is there's three operative words. The operative words are there's going to be what they call an imbalance of power. The imbalance of power generally could be one. It could be a group of, of, of persons that basically try to do two things to others. There's a, there's a physical and a psychological dominance. And the dominance on both ends is, the, is a reward, and the reward is the outcome. So the outcome on the physical end is that I was able to physically hurt you, 
and I have no empathy for what I did to you. Um, I was able to take your book bag or DSI or, 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 or any other possession that is, that is deemed something very important to, to, to the person being the victim, and mm-hmm. I have no empathy for you. Um, and so on the, on the psychological side, now you have that relationship and that social and that verbal side where I'm making you feel so badly about yourself, whether it's about your appearance, maybe because you're overweight, maybe you're not the prettiest person in the school, maybe you're not that prom queen, maybe you're not that, that, that you know, accelerated athlete that has no talents. And on the psychological side, clinically, I am making you feel so bad about yourself, um, that you just don't want to either go to school, you don't want to do participate in, in athletics or participate in the sports that you once loved or activities that you once loved. Uh, in addition, you start to idolize about the possibility of taking your own life, you know, because you feel worthless, you feel like you're a loser, you feel like you're not important part of the school community. Um, and then you can also add the ethnic and racial side, which is what I endured as an Italian immigrant coming to the United States and being called a Dago and a Wop and a Guinea. And, and quite frankly, you know, my parents, they, they didn't know about these terms. They, they, don't, they don't exist in the Italian Republic. So I was called these things beginning in sixth grade, and I would try to figure out how to come home and how not to get beat up after school being a skinny little Italian kid. Um, and God forbid I went home and told my father. He would be so upset rather than supportive like many children, they don't tell their parents for fear of, of, of embarrassment and perhaps further retribution because, like myself, you know, you know, I did not fight back because that, that was not the right thing to do. I tried to walk away. Unfortunately, you know, the bully in this case, in, in my generation, there was no such term, bully or bullying. You either yep. got your butt kicked or, or, you, or you, you know, you walked away or, or you come back tomorrow for another beating. You know, it's the way, the way it was. Even today, children, unfortunately, for many, they don't have the advocacy. They don't have the support and the additional, um, uh, infrastructure that, that's in our, that's in our society with divorce being above 62%, the, the unemployment rate being, you know, above 8.9%, and having that single parent household today, unfortunately, it is also rendering to the potential tragedies of what bullying uh, and school violence is, 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 is putting forth today. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more question about this. Do you think that it's the foundation that the kids don't have? The, yes, the pure yes, foundation yes. of the family is one yes, of the yes. reasons that there is more bullying. Gabriella, you're 120% correct. What, what, what's happened is we grew up back in the day, and you started to see it, if you recall, the Archie Bunker show, with the whole yep. idea of, of ethnic bullying uh, against African Americans and, and what the show kind of profiled. But as you progressed into the, into the 1980s with Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and then into the 90s with the Cosbys, you know, and, and having the Walton, those shows are not there anymore. Today, unfortunately, you have family guy and all these crazy shows that, that are showing demoralization to people and, 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 and demoralization to various ethnicities and, 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 and additional, you know, uh, genders of, of people that these were not there back then, or at least were not as visible and verbally spoken about as they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, children were in fact traumatized then, but there was very little research on what type of internal trauma and physical trauma these these children and adults were experiencing as we know today we have that it's pretty clear 
Um, you know, and I'll get the most recent data in July of 2013, but what, what we have from 2011 is horrifying on what um, the toll that it's taking uh, on our children with respect to suicide and physical altercations and school shootings. Yeah, absolutely. Hold that thought, uh, Dr. Claudio. We are going to go into commercial break, and sure. we'll be right back, everyone. Thank you. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and if you're just tuning in, my guest today is Dr. Claudio Cerullo, who has a organization called Teach Anti Bullying. Um, the organization is with educator parents to help children that are affected by bullying. So we were just in a really interesting conversation there about TV and everything. But one of the things I would like to address, uh, Dr. Claudio, is that unfortunately today it's not only teens committing suicide, but uh, a seven-year-old cases are popping up of children that have committed suicide Correct. and they shouldn't even be worried about that. They should be playing with a ball or a soccer ball or a football sure. and they shouldn't be worrying about uh, the dangers of school and uh, relationships. So how early do you feel that this bullying has started with your experience? It, it, it started at age three. It, it, it starts to progress and commence in the, in the pre-K arena. Basically, the, one of the fundamental principles when children, parents send their children off to preschool 
is from the school and from the parents' perspective, the one underlining uh, content that has to be taught to children is pro-social skill development. And so what you begin to observe as a preschool teacher or as a director and certainly as a parent is how are children physically and socially interacting with others. Um, and that's where the moral component also comes into play because what values are children being taught at home and then rendered back into the classroom in the character value. But we're seeing that bullying is starting as early as three years of age and then, you know, transcends in the, in the kindergarten because you see those physical altercations, kids not being able to get along doing gross motor skill development and being able to communicate effectively and being able to share and, and, and putting their hands on other children. And if those types of behavior and moral um, compasses are not addressed as early as age, as early as pre-K, they will transcend into, into kindergarten and so forth, then into the higher end of third grade and then the middle and into high school. And that's where there has to be that, that positive reinforcement of teaching those children the pro-social skill development. If those children are lacking those types of skill sets as early as three, it is pretty notable that you will begin to see those behaviors um, escalate into the elementary arena. But we get very conflicting messages, I believe, from our parents when we're that young. Uh, and, and the moment we have to go into a relationship, we have no idea how to act because our parents already conflict in the right and wrong message. Because if we're, I always say, if we don't live by example, then the child sees the parent do another thing, but teach supposedly kindness and say, no, you can't do that. But in the meantime, the child sees the parent do something that's totally out of sync with what they have just told the child that they cannot do. But you're absolutely correct. And, and again, when, when we tag bullying, we also have to look at domestic violence. We look at child molestation. We look at what media, you know, exemplifies and what the behaviors that children see. You know, by the time most children are around 17 years old, they, they've witnessed over 18,000 plus acts of violence. They see parents, you know, having these argumentative situations over finances, over over infidelity, over divorce, and certainly that causes what we call emotional trauma on the child um, mm -hmm. or the children, and they, and, they, and they bring that back to school. So, for example, if you have a, a, have a case of domestic violence and, and dad is, is, is hurting mom and, and, and the child witnesses this at an early age, not only will the child be traumatized internally, but that type of behavior Behavior, the child will say, you know, I guess it's okay for me as a, as a boy, as a man, to hit and put my hands on women, which we know that that is absolutely incorrect. I ask fathers this all the time with respect to his, his hitting back the right thing to do in, 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 in a case where your child got punched in the face. And, and you'll be surprised, a lot of the hands that are that, that raised, it's the dad saying, yes, if my son gets punched in the face, I teach my son, I've told my son to hit back. Now, what have you just exemplified as the, as the paternal role model? That violence is acceptable? I mean, certainly we don't want children to be hurt, but you, there are ways of detaining someone if you're getting hurt. There are ways um, to, to, to protect yourself. 
but certainly fitting back, is that the answer? I have to disagree and say that's not the, what we're trying to promote. That's certainly not what the martial arts are trying to promote as, as a weapon of instruction. You know, you, you defend. You don't promote violence. You don't go back. And what's happening right now, Gabriela, the recent survey from the Center for Disease Control, the largest statistic that I have, which is the most horrifying that came out this past year, is 87% of children in grades 9 through 12 say that revenge is the greatest form of school violence and school shootings because they're tired of talking about things. They just feel that the greatest, the easiest way to resolve a conflict is for me to get some type of weapon, usually a handgun, but now we're getting into assault weapons and basically coming into a school whether it's Sandy Hook Elementary or, or, or the, the, the two months ago in Atlanta, Georgia, a 14-year-old brought a weapon to the school, shot his teacher and two other children. And it happens every day in schools across the country, universities across the country. You know, and unfortunately, I just want to say, unfortunately, parents, as much as everybody else, must be held accountable for what they are teaching and showing their children, either on TV, what they're allowing them to watch, um, you know, what games are they're allowing them to participate in and play, whether it's, it's, it's Grand Theft Auto or any other violent type of game. You know, you cannot blame Kendo for these things. You, you have to, you know, put the onus on the parents. And the schools have to work collaboratively with respect to making sure that these types of pro-social behaviors are, 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 are promoted in, in both the home and at school. But I think that in, in the education part, who do we educate first, the parents or the children? You, you, you educate both. And the way it works is we generally, for example, we did a school assembly, again, using this parochial school as an example. We educated 925 children grades 9 through 12. Today we did the teachers. We're going to come back in October for anti-bullying month to do the parents. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, in over the thousands of parent programs we've done, guess who usually comes out to these assemblies? It's the proactive parents. It's the ones that want to say, hey, I, I like to learn about this bullying thing. I, I like to learn what it really is and what it isn't. But the ones mm -hmm. who stay home are the ones that say, ah, you know what, I went through this. My son will toughen up. He'll go through it, you know, and, and that's the way it is. I don't need to listen to a bunch of people who are trying to educate me on something that's meaningless to me. Now, you know, maybe the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I don't know. But they're the types of things that need to be mandatory so that all parents are participating in these types of programs. Yeah, I agree totally. It needs to be mandatory nationwide. How do we get the standards back into it? Because I think it has to a lot to do with standards and a lot to do, like you said, what they see on TV. The reality shows are not helping. You know, and, and who do you, who, again, when, when, when you look at what happened at Sandy Hook, everyone said, well, what the heck's going on here? Who do we point the finger at? Mental health community? The autism community? And look at whether the child had Asperger's? Do you, do you talk about whether he was a victim of bullying? You know, you could, you could, they did an autopsy on, on that, on that young man that did that, that horrible, horrific, uh, act of violence. But, you may never have the answers. That's why there's, there's such a critical need for continued awareness, whether it's autism, cancer, or what we're trying to do is bullying and violence preparedness and awareness, because parents have, well, both parents, educators, law enforcement, first of all, they have to know what bullying is and what it is. 
then you have to have the, the, the infrastructure in place to have that collaborative dialogue between the school and the community, which would involve law enforcement and the parents. I mean, Gabriella, think about in 2001, September 11th, I was an assistant principal in a regional high school, and at 920, our nation was attacked by terrorism. You know, shortly after that, our, our country came together. We started wearing flags on our lapels, our, our coat jackets, and everybody was very patriotic again, and we developed a Department of Homeland Security. Where is the Department of Homeland Security for the children that are being victimized every day? Where is the infrastructure for those kids? I mean, when we come in school, I don't have to take my belt and shoes off, but to board an airplane, I must do that, which in many people's opinion is violating your own personal rights to get on a plane. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I know. But I think in the, one of the things that I would like to teach is that parents really need to bring the standard back home into their living room because when I speak to parents, a lot of these parents are really busy. They hold two jobs. Correct. And I can really understand that in these hard economic times. Sure. We we're all suffering, but you still need to have um, a home setting where the children have a safety place, usually during dinner, where they can talk because parents say, I never knew my child was being bullied. And there is another point I want to make, and it's really important, is the parent doesn't believe that their child could be the bully. We all have a side that's of mean. Course. And I think that one of the things that uh, we, we, we do, unfortunately, is we vilify the bully. Instead right. of going out there and knocking on the door of the parents of the bully and sitting down calmly and discussing this. Listen, you Why? raise a good point. You raise a good point right there. And I'm going to just interject yeah. your point Please. while so valid in that if you think about, I'm going to throw three name, four names out to you and tell me if you know who they are. Eric Dill, Eric Harris, Dylan Kleibold, Chung Sung Hu, and Michael Cornell. Do those names ring a bell to you? No. Uh, Cornell, yes. All right, so Eric Harris and Dylan Kleibel, they are Colum a Columbine school shooters. Chung Sung Hughes took out 32 people at Virginia Tech, and Michael uh, Cornell uh, took out three people at Paducah High School in 1997. What people, I always say, well, what do they all have in common? The first thing everybody says, oh, they're killers, they're shooters. But what else do they have in common? You know, most people don't realize they were all victims of being bullied. So I ask this question, do you feel sorry that they took human life, or do you feel sorry that the standards were not in place for them at home, and even more so for them in school? You know, who, where do you feel sorry? Where is your sympathy for that, for those children who, who said nothing and did nothing? You know, Chung Sun Hill, because he was Korean and was victimized for his ethnic background. You know, Michael Cornell for, for having Asperger's and, and, and was called retarded and stupid and dumb. And Eric Harris and, and Dylan Clyde for being homosexual and for being, having gothic attire in nature were ridiculed for three years, throwing beer bottles at them for being gay. You know, homosexual for, they were, they were threw cigarette butts at them. They threw, you know, bottles at them on the way home and they said nothing. They said, our day will come, our day will come. And they, they came and they took out 13 kids, innocent lives at Columbine High School. So where do you, who do you feel sorry? Well, you know, where does your, your own, uh, empathy come into place? Yeah. 
I know. Hold that thought, Dr. Claudio. We're going into commercial break. Thank you. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A. V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. And we're back with Dr. Claudio Cerullo, our guest today that teaches anti-bullying. I'm as passionate as you, Dr. Claudio, but I have um, one big thing that I think is at the root of all of this, and that's fear. I have a saying that I think the bully and the victim are mirror images of each other. They're mm-hmm. at different spectrums, of course, but they are Come mirror on. images. What is your take on that? You, you said fear, right? Is that what you said? Fear. Fear is at the root. Of, fear. Uh, I, 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 absolutely. You're absolutely correct. Let me just say, you know, when you look at the, the, the victim, the victim's fearful. He's, he or she's fearful of retribution. Do, do I tell, do I tell, um, my mother and father, what will happen at home to me in certain households? This is not holistic across the board because many, many parents are very supportive and loving of their children. They want what's best for children. But in some cases, you know, a child, in many cases, these children come home and they're afraid of their mother and father. They're afraid that maybe their father is abusive to the mother and they're going to get it worse than what the mother gets it or vice versa. Um, they're afraid to talk to their administrator. They're afraid to talk to their teachers. You know, because again, in many cases that we've seen, 
the, neither party is doing anything to help them. So they're like, well, where do I turn? Nobody's listening. You know, nobody's listening. I'll tell you the case you just mentioned. There was a little boy, Isaiah, from Detroit last year, seven years old. He hung himself. How does a seven-year-old little boy get his father's belt and know to hang himself? And, and, and they reached out to the pastor. They reached out to everybody for support before the incident happened. But guess who? The one person they didn't reach out to that was tormenting this little seven-year-old was the bully. No one reached out to the bully. And let me share, and you're right, Gabriella, the fear. The bully has fear, too. There is so much intrinsic pain in many of these children. You know, many of them who are, 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 are very bright and exert that, that intellectual dominance, and many who say, you know, I'm jealous of who you are. I'm afraid to challenge myself. Because many in many cases... A lot of people, as you know, in many urban communities across the country, from Miami to Los Angeles, a lot of these kids join gangs for that familiar familial partnership because of mm -hmm. fear, because they are rejected by the school community for appearance, for, for disfigurement, for the fact that they're just not meeting up to up to par. And that's really, when you look at Eric Harris and Dylan Kleibold, they were coined lacking masculinity, what they call hyper-masculinity. They were not part of the male social, as you say, standard. So sure, they're afraid. They, they have their own fear. And that fear, Gabriella, you're right, transcends into emotional pain, which transcends into a threshold that I've had enough. And when you reach a boiling point, whether you're a child in the middle, high school, or an adult, you take it out on someone. If it's not going to be your pet, your sibling, it may be your teacher, your mother or father, or it may be the school community in terms of a school shooting. But nobody seems to address the fear within these children. Nobody seems to want to go a little... I mean, I know that there's punishment, and I'm not saying that that isn't good, but I'm saying that if I was the bully tomorrow, Dr. Claudio, I would... And I got away with it each time. There's no reason that by the time I'm 40, I wouldn't have continued because it's become a habit. It's it's second nature to me. Whereas if someone would actually show me that behind that bullying is a lot of issues and things that I need to work on, nobody has told me this. And I find that punishment, and I try to explain this to educators, is just not enough. Punishment, let me share this with you. If you live anywhere near, near the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean or any ocean or body of water in between, getting suspended from school on a beautiful day is just what they want. You know, it's, a and yeah. it's, it's just what they want. The, you, you need to keep kids in school. That's where they belong. That's the safe place. If you have to provide them some type of behavioral punishment, and certainly we want to hold the children accountable, but you also have to hold the parents accountable for the child's behavior. You know, we have a case right now in our own county. It made national headlines. You may have heard of it because it's been all over the world. The case of Bailey O'Neill. Bailey is a little little twelve year old boy that died the day after his eleventh birthday for being punched in the school in the nose in an elementary school play, playground 
and quite frankly, until the autopsy report comes back, you know, the, the district attorney is weighing in all evidence until he passes judgment on what the uh, 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 the penalty will be for the child. But for the child, perhaps the penalty should also be for the child's parents to pay some type of restitution or perhaps, you know, go to anger management with the child or do community service with the child. You know, because that behavior is learned either from the child's community, and there's history of this child doing it to other kids in the community, okay, uh, not to mention on Facebook and what this child posted about little Bailey uh, after he passed away. So where is it, where, you know, you got to teach empathy. And a problem, Gabrielle, the real edu- underlying educational problem that was left to our current and, and current president, Barack Obama, is the no child left behind mandate. Unfortunately, administrators and teachers across the country don't have enough time in the day. They are inundated with trying to teach the curriculum that between budgetary constraints and time constraints and the fact that in many urban schools across the country, there may be one guidance counselor for 500 children. That, and, 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 you know, living close to Philadelphia, that's what these educators are experiencing. They would love to do what you're suggesting. They just don't have the time in a day. And what happens is, just like with homework, if it's not reinforced back at the home, they come back the same time bomb the next day. So how do we do that? Where is the money going to come from, you know, and the time to do what we want to do the right way so that we can protect our children? But one of the things, Dr. Claudio, when I got bullied in in the 70s and the 80s, nobody, there was not one child at school that ever told me that I wasn't worthy of living. Whereas today, all the children that I meet in my assemblies tell me this. And I have no idea. I have not figured out where that comes from. Well, 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 when we grew up, you and me, did you remember going on the Internet and going to Google? Did, no. did you have did you have the DSI that three boys went into a middle school lavatory last week in, in a county near ours and took a picture of a little girl sitting on the on the on the bathroom in the bathroom stall and took a photo of her of her of her anatomy and shared it with all the kids on the playground and that child now has not been in school for the past six weeks because she's in a partial hospitalization program. We did not have those cameras. We did not have the text messages right now that are sending these types of of of, of acronym messages to inflict you know, physical and personal and social harm on others. They were not there in our generation. I remember having a Tory at best, a stickball, bat, and a glove. You know, and I had a couple of rocks because my parents didn't have a whole lot of money, but you know, I didn't have these cyber bullying, you know, items and nuclear weaponry that kids are growing up with today, unfortunately. True. But even if we, let's, let's take social media out of it for one second. Why would any child say to another child that he or she is not worthy of living? That part again, I haven't figured out. Well, again, that lack of empathy comes back directly to impart what's not being taught in the school. And i got to tell you, and I hate to say this, but when God mm-hmm. was taken out of the public school, out of the, uh, out of the Pledge of Allegiance and out of public schools, you saw, already saw the decline in, in that character development and moral development. And, and most people, whether you're Catholic or not, will say the same thing, that the fact that we don't, we took prayer out of public school, that, you know, you don't even have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance if you, if, if you don't want to. 
I mean, I'm sorry, you have to stand, but you don't have to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, so the, the system, the infrastructure of the, of the laws have changed uh, from the days of when you and I grew up in terms of character ed and what parents are teaching you at home. Um, and, and then you can add the media piece to it, uh, unfortunately. And, and again, it comes back to divorce. That, that parent, now that child coming home, what we call that latchkey parent, that latchkey child, um, it was not back in your generation, in my generation. No. You know, my mom was home with us. Yep, mine too. I right. wish she wasn't sometimes, but... <laughs> well, you know, I, I understand. But today, these children are coming home being raised by their siblings, I by know. their 12-year-olds, you know, who are too busy texting their girlfriends and boyfriends and getting on the Internet and listening and watching MTV and the rap music lyrics. I mean, again, I'm not going to point the finger at all of the variables. My... my my whole premise is, how do we come together? Just like right now, the president is trying to come together and get both sides of the aisle saying, we have to protect our children. You know, do background checks do it? Probably not. You know, you can, you can try to ban whatever you want. People will still get it if they're going to try to inflict harm on another. You know, and so that's not the answer. The answer is trying to get the key stake players, the key stakeholders together collaboratively to talk about these issues, Gabriella, like you're doing, not during, you know, Anti-Bullying Awareness Month in October, not during Autism Awareness Month in April. That's not when you talk about these things. You talk about them every week in schools, every week to get the kids involved. You develop site-based leadership teams, anti-bullying teams that involve neither the victim or the perpetrator. You get the kids. You give the kids the onus of some type of leadership and involvement. You know the best way to to uh, to revert a, a gang member is get them back in the school community. Give them a job. Get them back to educate others on what it was but, to be a gang member. But there I always believe it all starts because the child feels that it doesn't belong somewhere. But that, that's exactly right. They're ostracized. We call that relationship yeah. bullying. Yeah. We call that that you you are not good enough. You're not pretty enough. I'm not picking you because you're the slowest person and you're a loser. But our forefathers talked about, you know, intolerance and to learn to be tolerant. And I would like to take it a step further and say you have to be accepting now. Tolerance is not good enough anymore. Unfortunately, you're looking at, you know, the 40-year-olds starting with myself, this generation, once this generation is gone, you know, my mother of the old-time, you know, Italian people, once they're gone, this new wave of generation text is, is a new world that, that unfortunately is so fearful to me having a daughter who's nine and what they're going to grow up into as they get into their teens. Um, it, it is just not the same world. You know, teaching and tolerance you can teach it all you want, but the bottom line is if my dad has taught me that I don't have to like, you know, homosexuals and I don't have to like transgenders and I don't have to like these people who are different than me, you know, I'm never going to change my, my, my attitude. We may modify the behavior, but I'm not going to change my attitude because that's what I was taught. You know, I, that's just what my parents told me. One thing that just popped in my head while I heard you talk is we actually as parents have done a disservice to the children of today with this enormous consumption world. Yes, we have. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, we, 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 a lot of parents, 
you know, a lot of parents, and I'm guilty of it too, of buying my child these Nintendo games because, God forbid, you know, well, Daddy, they have one. You know, they have, my daughter's in parochial setting, you know, and I got to hear, oh, this one has a coach bag, and, and I have to have the nice sneakers. I grew up with sneakers. I tell a story. You ever hear of Bobo's? Bobo's, you know, they, these are like non-name brands. I used to be tortured because I didn't have Nikes, and I didn't have a members-only jacket, these things that, that today, you know, God forbid, it, these children, especially girls, don't have the cool stuff. They are, you know, brutally, you know, ostracized by, by you know, you saw the movie Mean Girls. That was made yeah. for a reason. I mean, they're the perfect example. We'll come back right after the break, and we'll talk a little bit more about those Mean Girls because they're incredible to me. Let's go into a commercial break and hold your stop, Dr. You. Claudio. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. We're back with our guest, Dr. Claudio Cerullo, in teaching anti-bullying. We touched on the subject about girls just before the commercial break, and I really want to get into that a little bit. Why do you believe that girls, particularly girls, teenage girls, are so mean to each other? Well, first of all, understand that the dynamics of bullying is there's a there's a major disparity on on how each the boys and the girls bully girls. You know, women you you have a higher social standard uh, standing in society. So so by the research, girls are going to be more social in nature. Uh, uh, bullying at about fifty one percent to thirty seven percent boys being more the physical fist to cuffs. Um, 
girls on 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 today's in today's standards are more of your you know they, their their cases revolve around your facebooking your instagrams your your texting your blogging uh even in athletics you know from the aspect of bullying from dating from the appearance from that whole intrinsic beauty nature of it uh girls are more that's where the bullying cases stem from as opposed to boys mm-hmm. I find uh, one of the things that that I see where there are a lot of suicides is what they call today slut shaming, where the girls basically, if the girl is too overdeveloped early, and I wouldn't right. say overdeveloped, just developing quicker than the other Correct. ones, they're in, considered the most heinous things. But I have a feeling it has to do with competition. Correct. With women, there's much more competition between each other. They're just not friendly. Even if you meet women of 40, if you're not obese and I happen to be skinny, then women look at you instantly differently. Like, oh, it's easy for her. You know, yeah. I do watch my food. It's not easy. <laughs> it takes discipline to, to stay a certain weight. So I feel that that competition starts really early. Do you feel as a parent, do you have an advice for someone who's listening? For a parent, what could we teach these girls to? Well, I, I really try to be teach. Kinder? Yeah, I try to teach my daughter who's nine. You know, certainly she comes with me a lot to a lot of events, and and she sees, you know, that I open doors, and she sees that she says, "Daddy, you're nice to everybody." And I said, "Well, Bella, you." You know, if you're nice to people, generally, you, you know, it will be reciprocated and people will treat you the way you treat others. You know, and I, and we get in a lot of arguments, I'll be honest with anyone listening, and she's nine about, you know, that whole, you know, personality of it's about, you know, gifts and buying things because it's not. It's, I always teach her it's about giving back. And I said, one day, Bella, you can't take this stuff with you. You're gonna, your legacy in this world will be what did you do for humankind? You know, and this is what we hope that are instilled in our private parochial schools in that character ed of what are we doing to give back to our society, to the less fortunate. You know, I'm a Knight of Columbus a member of my church. I'm the, I'm the incoming president of Rotary, of my Rotary Club, which is one of the four aspects of Rotary International is peace and conflict resolution. And I take her to urban communities during the Christmas holidays and, and the, and the, um, Operation Warm, Warmth, where we give coats back, you know, and the toy dry. And I show her, look at what they don't have. Look at this family. They don't have these games. They don't have what you are, you have. And, and we get in these argumentative, you know, already at nine about, you know, it's, it's, you have already so much. And it's not about trying to say, well, Julia just got the new game or Tara just got the, and again, I, I don't care what they have. You know, you have to be thankful for what you have and what I can do for you. And unfortunately, you know, parents, we make mistakes because, we, you know, we may be divorced, you know, or parents who are divorced and they want to overcompensate and give their kids more. But it is the wrong message you're sending. You know, children have to earn those entitlements. They have to earn that, that, that allowance every week. It's not about, you know, the money grows on the tree. I had to do chores. I had to cut the grass. You know, my parents, they give me stuff, you know, they love me and provide it for them, but I had to earn that, that, that allowance every week to get what I had to get. You know, and they wouldn't just buy me, they wouldn't just buy me things, there's no way. You know, they didn't have the money, but even if they did, they just wouldn't do that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and love love equaled rewards in the past, whereas today the child gets gets basically loved by as many gifts that we shower on them. And, and, and the problem when you come into the middle and then in more severe into the high school is, for example, an example of a child who made national headlines last October, Whitney Crump from Dearborn, Michigan, Dearborn, Michigan High School. We grew up with a movie. I parallel these two young ladies. The, the movie Carrie with Sissy Spacek. And you remember the, the mother yeah. said, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you if you go to that prom. And Whitney Crump, who made national headlines, was on the Today Show and all these stuff, because they made her the butt of a joke. They said she was going to be a member of the homecoming court. And they, they lied. They did it because she just wasn't a pretty girl. And the first thing she said to her mother when, when she came home was, was, I want to kill myself. And the mother said, no, you're not. And the community came together and did a makeover, hair, face, nails, dress, everything. And she went to her homecoming dance and did not become a statistic. And all because she just wasn't that pretty. You know, and, and this happens to children all across the Beverly Hills to anywhere else. Maybe you don't have the new coach bag or Louis Vuitton bag or Gucci bag or the Gucci shoes or whatever. You are tortured and tormented. And that's where, unfortunately, or fortunately, in many cases, you know, uniform regulations come into play. But you're still carrying that purse. And you may just have the average, the, the average purse and the other children have the more expensive high-end purses. And you're tormented because just like in the movie Mean Girls, we talked about this, you are not one of us. And if you're not one of us, you're the loser. I agree totally. Claudio, we have about 20 seconds left. Uh, for the listener out there, tell them your website. Sure. And how they can reach you for assemblies and help. Well, first of all, thank you very much, Gabriella, for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Our, our contact number is area code 484-431-9711. Our website is www teachantibullying.com, and our Facebook page is Teach Anti-Bullying. It is our direct contact number. We've traveled all over the country and been willing to come to a state near you. Fantastic. Dr. Claudio, I think it was great that you were on the show, and I think it's fantastic that you're picking up the ball of human kindness and going out there and teaching, because I think we will make a dent into this epidemic. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I thank you for who you are and, and, and your, your peacemaking skills and what you do for mankind as, okay. as well, Gabriella. Let's stay in touch through Facebook. <laughs> thank you very much. I sure will. And everyone, thank you for listening to the Mind Radio Show. Next week will be another one. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.